Simon, have you? From Kaiser Chiefs! Hello! Hi! How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, all good. So you're currently on the start of an arena tour. We were in Wales yesterday. How was that go for you guys? Yeah, it was good, yeah. It was like a nice little start. It was a smaller gig. It was a nice little start, but today is sort of the first, I can't say proper, but first full <laughs> gig. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, really good. So on this tour, you are playing a number of quite big shows, and obviously the O2 as well. How just playing somewhere like this, which is it's a big venue, but comparing it to the O2 is so. How different is it walking out stage here to walking out stage at seventeen thousand more people? Well, I still think it's a bit like the support bands, Springking and uh, Howl. They both when they came in, they're like, "This is massive! Wow, it's the biggest place we've ever played." So I think it's big enough. This really, I like this size of venue. It's really nice. Yeah, it's nice yeah. Sort of everyone. Can, I think sometimes I don't know. I think. This size venue, everyone can see, it's nice, you can get all the production in, but it's not like hugely cavernous, I think like, but I mean, yeah, too, for us, playing the O2 is amazing because there's loads of people, or playing a stadium, whatever, I think yeah. the band's the biggest gig is the best gig, you know, like, but I think this is like a good size where the audience has a good time, but there's lots of people. I think every level has its own thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like, we played a few shows even recently where well, we played to. Like uh, when we played Holodelphi, that was to like whatever, seventy people. <laughs> but it was it was crazy. Do you know what I mean? So hot. Yeah. And then you just get that kind of I know it's, it sounds totally cliche, but it's it's not. It's just like the energy in a small room is nuts. You know, you feel like anything can happen. Yeah. But the same thing well at the same time you play somewhere like the O two and it's a different kind of energy it almost feels like something truly unique is happening. Yeah. And that's a different kind of experience but just Equally as good, you know. Yeah. So, Kosh has been going quite a number of years now. Yeah. I think when you first started, I was still in school. When you first <laughs> got together, did you think that you'd still be going in 15 years' time, playing shows like this and going to London? Did you think you'd be able to make it this far? I always thought, uh, I think, the same about BJ, because BJ wasn't in the festival right at the start, but we were actually in a band together even before that. Yeah. Uh, well, I asked this to someone else today. I, I think we always felt like maybe we didn't know the path or whatever. But I think we would always be in a band, do you know what I mean? I think I'd still be in a band with some or all of the people I'm in a band with yeah. now because throughout, like, there was a good period of Kaiser Chief's career where nothing, you know, nothing was really happening. It was pretty bad times, but, you know, there was like some playing gigs to nobody and some uh, <laughs> getting, getting, um, refused record contracts by almost everyone and we still kept going through all of that stuff yeah. so I feel like we would we just enjoyed making music so we would hopefully still uh, be doing that but we just have to be something else in the other hours of the day yeah. I prefer this way <laughs> yeah, this, yeah this is definitely quite a not a nice little way to be isn't it preferable <laughs> yeah good word so there's obviously been through the rock the right process, there's been changes in sound, a bit of a development in sound. Was that just natural growth in the band, or was that like a conscious thing to take? Because of the new record in a slightly different direction, was that like a conscious thing, or did you kind of just it just happened and that's just the way it was? I think with the new album, it was uh, it was definitely conscious. Um, but what it was was that it was a different writing process. Uh, I've always been a massive fan of um, Thirteen by Blur. And I always really like the way that they wrote that, and we wrote in a very similar fashion. Because what happens is that, like, when we're writing in like a studio or a rehearsal room or something like that, you end up playing something, 
And it's like, that's great. And you keep jamming it and you keep jamming it. And then yeah. 20 minutes later, you've basically made it rubbish. <laughs> and then you just say, do you know what? Let's go, let's skip back yeah. 20 odd minutes and go to that thing. So what were you doing? I don't know. What were you doing? I don't know. What were you doing? I've got no idea. <laughs> what were we playing? I don't know. And so no one can remember. But this time round, uh, we basically knew that. And we thought it'd be a good idea to be able to just record everything that we did. And so we were jamming. And all the time we were jamming, um, Brian Higgins, the producer, was there not only recording, but listening, and any moments of sort of spark, which is the same that we felt as well, they were the kind of points that somebody else was there to kind of say, cool, Some that's a good bit. Yeah, was going to stop, yeah, do, that, yeah. do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we had those bits, and that's yeah. where it all grew. And um, another cool thing about doing it that way is that, not necessarily sort of historical music influences, whatever, but at that, that particular moment in time, it's almost a snapshot, uh, sorry, a snapshot of like everybody's like musical influences at that time and where we were comfortable and what we were doing at that particular moment in time. Yeah. And that comes out naturally, because you can't discuss that while you're jamming. You're just jamming. And so it was quite a cool way to do it, really. So is that going to be the future writing process? you thinking that's going to be the way forward for you guys now? Or are you not really focused on writing yet? Just, can, just <laughs> concentrate on the tour for now, not getting out of yourselves? I think we're sort of thinking about the next lot of things. I think each time we make a record, then we try and like take whatever learn something I guess and then try and do something different the next time after because I do think that throughout our career each album's had something that was different about it this one's I think the most we sort of really pushed it yeah. to make sure that everyone would notice the change if you know what I mean whereas I think some of the other changes have been a bit more incremental because we are like older and I don't know we live different places and all the influences that we had when we were in 2004 or three, <laughs> when we wrote Actually, it's right, are different to the things that were uh, now, you know, because it was, I don't know how long ago, 12, uh, we wrote Actually, it's right in like 2004, I guess, so that's about 13 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. we were different people and all that. So, so I think there's always been changes, but yeah, this time I think we definitely were like, let's just try and do something well different. And then I think, because of the way the catches work, which was you always sort of do the opposite, and I think the next one won't sound like that, it'll sound like something else. Right, I have a very quick game for you, which is called Oh My God, I Predict You Can Have It All, as Love's Not A Competition, and You'll Never Miss A Beat in the Good Old Days, whilst on the run, you're coming home with a parachute game. Cool. It's catchy. It is. ITV have already taken up. Yeah. Prime Time Saturday has taken over Adam Deck. <laughs> it's a long hashtag. Yeah, we're going to have to reinvent Twitter. <laughs> Basically, I have five questions which are mostly rubbish. Predict the answer that I've written, and there is a prize oh. at stake. Gold next. Gold Alright, that's worth At least there is coming. <laughs> there is gold at the end of the rainbow. So, first question. You're in an angry mob. Do you A. Tell everyone to calm down, B. Ask for directions to the local pub, or C. Start singing? Depends what kind of angry mob. If it's a football angry mob, singing definitely unifies all. But I think just to try and. Situation. I've just noticed you're wearing shorts. Yeah. It's not a cold. It's not warm, but yeah, okay. Uh, so, calm down, everyone calm down? I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, everyone calm down. I wouldn't say. I'm too scared of getting punched square in the chops. Well, to be fair, all of them were correct, so whatever one you're pretty much going to win. Yeah. Uh, number two, this is a true or false question. Is it true that Ricky can now only sit on chairs that spin round? <laughs> I think you'd like that to be true, <laughs> but it is false. 
Yeah, well, he's forced to sit on one that doesn't on the on the tour bus. So, so yeah, so he's forced to. <laughs> so yeah. Right, best Blair track. Oh, Blair. Uh, uh, trim track probably. Oh. I was going with coffee and TV. Whitey once uh, shared an entire Victoria Sponge going from London to Leeds, <laughs> and it was one of the greatest days of my life. <laughs> it was absolutely stunning. Victoria Sponge. Honestly, honestly, it was amazing. On a train. I was on a train, just me and Whitey with two spoons and a massive Victoria Sponge. Right, and the final question: Who was a bigger fan of the Kai's Cheese, Jay Z or Boris Johnson? Oh, Jay Z is definitely because he came to a gig. Didn't well, he? Boris Johnson's not actually. Uh, be negative about us. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Call us the weeds from Leeds. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think Which I like because I think he's a Yeah. And to be fair, I would definitely rather have Jay Z as a fan than Boris Johnson. But Jay Z's been to a gig. That's pretty cool. I don't know <laughs> if you loved it. Because he hasn't been to another one. <laughs> he still came to one. But he's been to one. Uh, I, I think I think that's uh, that's, that's prize worthy, that is. Great. Here are your golden eggs. Thank you very much. Share those on the train. Yay! That was, oh my god, I predict you can have it all as well on the competition. Yeah, you will never miss me. And the good old days, what's your other one? You're coming home with a parachute. Game. <laughs> right. So, what is the future for Kaiser Chiefs? So, we're on the tour at the moment, playing to hundreds of thousands of people. Amazing music. 15 years worth of music in the back catalogue. Have we got another 15 years to come? <laughs> to see, uh, I think there's no reason to stop, so uh, I think we'll be going for as long as everyone's still having a good time and everyone's like, well, when we talked earlier about a new album, it's about keeping the hunger, so you have to yeah. do something different to keep the hunger. At some point, I guess, we'll all maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, but we've got this tour, we've got to write some new songs, we've got some more gigs, we've got a gig, a Gold Coast gig in Devon is probably the closest one to here yeah, in the summer. We've got some festivals in summer. And yeah, big future still. Future. Yeah, totally. I mean, like it's, it's weird because like every once, once because we we finish an album a long time before everyone else hears it. Yeah. So by the time it's out, it's almost like we're already thinking. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just like everything's a journey, and everything, like I said, is almost a kickback to the last thing. And so you kind of just see where you're going. So yeah, probably what next album will be seven. So yeah. Another seven albums. Asking seven albums time. Like, I'm trying to make it to ten. I think that's a really respectable number. <laughs> that's a really respectable number. Well, I'm pretty sure you'll get there, and we'll love the journey to join with you. So thank you very much for your time. Cheers